This is Jimmy Bullard, a.k.a. The Bulldog, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. There's a definite buzz about Craven Cottage at the moment as the Whites sit pretty at the top of the league after another impressive, dominant display against Hull City on Saturday afternoon. Mitrovic and Carvalho were the assailants in a Fulham victory for the second time this week and from the moment the ball left Mitro's head and flew into the back of the Tigers' net to put us ahead, the result wasn't really in any doubt. Injuries to Tim Ream, Kenny Tete and a knock for Fabio Carvalho slightly dampened the afternoon. But the day was once again full of positives and things to be excited about in southwest London. Given his view, as always, from the Johnny Haynes stand is Matt Wigo Wiggins. Plus, joining us from an Epsom gutter somewhere is Will Oakley for his first pod appearance of the season. The Tiger who came for a point and didn't get it. My name is Matt Wachler, and this is your Fulham Focus podcast. Fulham. Well, lads, three wins out of four games, our first clean sheet of the season, and we're top of the league. How are you feeling? Give me your initial post-match thoughts, Will. Yeah, I, I thought we were excellent. Um, I think we started a bit slower than we did in other games, to be honest. I think the first 15 minutes whole were actually um, all right. Had a few chances. They're getting, they're getting down the wings quite nicely. But after after about 20 minutes, I thought there's no doubt, really. we That's when we went back into you know Huddersfield mode if you like yeah, just down the wings overlapping ball into the box and I thought this was our best defensive performance as well even though Hull didn't really create much I, I thought that we dealt with everything pretty well especially considering uh, the injuries that came through and the changes we had to make I, I was impressed overall I thought we were good in every every third of the pitch How about for you Wigo? I mean You've seen us at Huddersfield. You were at the Middlesbrough game. This probably wasn't Huddersfield levels quite, was it? it was, you know, it was we we just got the job done. It was one of those kind of almost mechanical victories, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly. There, we got the job done. You know, another three points, top of the league. Just a perfect afternoon, really. All right, we could have sort of seen the game off a little bit more. We didn't quite get going. But Hull just weren't good enough to be able to actually put up any sort of challenge to us. So it was just sort of a breezy afternoon, really, wasn't it? Go there, you know, play some decent football, three points, and then, you know, go home. No sort of, I'm not massively buzzing about it. It was just one of those regular games, if you know what I mean. I'm just waiting until we play one of the big boys like Stoke next week. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a big game. Well, Fulham were unchanged from the side that won at the Den in the week. Bobby Reid did return to the bench. Just as the side looked like it was beginning to settle down, we've now got three injuries to contend with, though. Key players as well. Marco Silva said in his post-match press conference that he's waiting for the medical staff to assess all three injuries, but Tim Ream doesn't look too serious. Fabio Carvalho twisted his ankle, but Kenny Tese could be more serious as it's a muscular injury. All three players have been superb so far this season, and thankfully we haven't got a league game for a week or so now, but... We've got to hope we can get these boys fit as soon as possible, as they're all crucial, Will. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Tete, for me, is by far the best right-back in the league. And he's been he's been very good so far, I think. And, and Ream's been a different beast this season, I think. I mean, he was very good in the um, Slav promotion season. He won our player of the season. I thought he was excellent. Um, but he's never been able to do it in the Prem. And I think 
when we do end up back in the championship and he's actually all right, everyone everyone's surprised about it because all they can remember is the fact he's not not quite prep and quality. But he's been great, so hopefully, like you say, that isn't that serious. And uh, Carvalho, I mean, it wouldn't do him harm to to miss one game, to be fair. He, you know, he's only young. He doesn't have to play every game in a season because we don't want to tire him out too quickly. You know, he should be he should be going into the team slowly, not rushed into however many championship games in a row. So if he misses one game, it's all right. As long as it's not, you know, months of, of injuries, I think we're all right. Fabio Carvalho is your age, mate. He spends his Saturday afternoons winning games for Fulham. You spend your Saturday afternoons hanging outside Chicago Grill on Fulham Palace Road <laughs> and heading straight to the pub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. What a player, though. What a player. What a player. And I think if it's a twisted ankle, I mean, that, that should be a couple of days and hopefully he'll be able to shake that off. Um, Tim Ream, I mean, he looked like an old man, didn't he? Stood by the side of the pitch trying to trying to get going again. And then, oh, my back, my back. Um, and I, I think he's played really well this season so far, but not only in a defensive capacity, but also almost creating opportunities as well. Because even yesterday, before he went off, he was playing balls down the channel to Robinson, splitting the defence apart. I thought he was outstanding and I was really, really disappointed to see him go off. Um, and Kenny Kenny Tete just kind of slid off the pitch unnoticed, didn't he? Didn't even realise he'd gone off. And and yeah, I mean Carvalho. Hopefully, hopefully that he'll be back in time for Stoke. So I, I know you say it won't do him any harm to miss a game, but let's let's have him missing that Birmingham game either way, whether he's fit or not, and then getting back for that Stoke game. We go. Anything to add? Um, I think as Will said, you know about Carvalho, you sort of want to ease him in. However, I'm sort of under the assumption now where we, I think. He's one of our most crucial players this season. You know, the guy is everywhere on the pitch. He's all over it. He's on the wings. He's coming back to support, play those one-twos. He's playing behind Mitrovic. He's making the runs. The guy's unbelievable, and he offers something that no other attacking midfielder would. So whilst you don't really want to rely on an 18-year-old who's in their first full season of first-team football, actually, the guy has changed the team since he's come in. And he's proved crucial. And I really do think he's key to Mitrovic's upturn in form as well. Um, yeah, Teddy, I mean, I don't even know what happened. I think the next thing I saw was Niskin's Cabano at right back for a bit. And I was like, well, where, where's he gone? He's sort of looking, he's sort of trying to scan the pitch to see where he is. And he's just gone. But the bloke in front of me said it was from a cross or something. I don't know. Yeah, completely miss him. But, um, you know, it's going to be tough to fill in that right back void because Teddy has been very good. Um, the last couple of games. So it's going to be tricky to be able to uh, cover that and get someone who can offer the same that Kenny has over the last few games. Well, he did miss quite a lot of last season, Kenny Tete, with injury. So I don't know if he's just, if he if he does have a tendency to be a bit of a sick note. Um, Cyrus Christie, lads. I mean, he, he probably thought he was on his way out, but it's got to be a good opportunity, as well as Bobby Reid did when he came on for him at right back yesterday. Bobby Reid, I'd rather have him further up the pitch because, you know, his the assists that he got at Huddersfield and his creativity and, and the goals that he can bring to the team, he, he'd be wasted at right back, especially when you've got a decent attacking championship right back in the squad already. Or would you go Dennis Adoy? What, what do you reckon? I, I think I would go Stephen Session, to be honest. Uh, I mean... I don't know how how fit he is really, or like like match fit, and I don't know, I don't know. He might be injured, but um, I remember uh, it was last time we were in the champ. He played played against Huddersfield, I think it was, and he was absolutely outstanding. I, I thought he was great, 
And I thought from then on he was going to be not starting every game, but I thought he was going to be way more involved in the first team. He played about five championship games and then just like no one really knows. He was on loan at uh, Bristol City as well. Where he got injured, I think, there um, at one point. But I think Christie, this is going to be the last season where we can get any money for Christie at all. And in my opinion, I would just, just get rid of them, get it straight away. Uh, I, I don't really think he's that great. And I think we've got enough there in... If we don't want to go Stephen Sessar, I would go Dennis Adoy. I mean, I, I love him. I think he's absolutely great. He's a cult hero. And I, I'd love to see him play a few minutes this season, even if it's only for like two or three games when Tete's injured. I think he can still do it in the championship. I think Christie can. But I just think the fact that if we sell Adoy, we've also lost a cover at centre-back and a cover at left-back, as well as a cover at right-back. If we lose Christie... We might get a bit of money for him and we've just lost a right back. So I think I would keep a doy and Stephen Sessler and just get rid of Christie, to be honest. And for you, Wigo? You see, I get what Will's saying about getting money for Christie, but I personally start him. I really rate the guy, especially in the championship. You know, he was sort of bought in as a Ryan Fredericks replacement, wasn't he, really? Mm. And at that point, for that second half of the season, we had, in 2018, without a doubt, we had the two best right backs in the league. There's no doubt about it. No one can say otherwise. And all right, the guy's had a couple of bad games, but he's also had some good games as well. He's had some good moments. Um, and I just think he's unlucky not to be in and around the squad. But um, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's football. There's quite a few players who uh, aren't really getting near the 18 at the moment. So, But yeah, I'd definitely give Christy a go. We could see what Olerain is doing, see if he wants to come back for a couple of games. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> Cyrus Christie is the preference. I've forgotten about Aina. Um, well, one man who has made it back into the team by hook or by crook is Alfie Mawson. Uh, he came on when Tim Ream went off yesterday. We we scored our opening goal. Let, let's talk about the goal first, then we'll, we'll come on to Alfie Mawson. Um, Tim Ream uh, is, is like double backed over by the side of the pitch, clutching his back, and, um, and, and we take the lead through Mitro. Will, talk me through the goal. Yeah, it was a great header from Mitrovic. I think it was really, it was a good delivery as well by Sari. And I think it was really good instinct from, from Mitrovic just to run straight to the front post. I was watching the, the highlights this morning. It did look like he just absolutely floored his marker on yeah. the way there. But I, I don't really know if it was a foul or not. But yeah, he was just straight, straight there. And that's what good strikers do. They get in the positions. Not all good strikers have to be quick. They don't have to be technical you know be able to do a bunch of step overs as long as you're in the right place at the right time that's what you need and that's exactly where it was and also to to sort of loop it to the back post from there take takes good good technique so yeah I was quite impressed by it really I thought it was a brilliant header and I don't know I just think he did well to lose his man he just showed a bit of strength and nobody else picked him up he just you know you don't give a player like Mitrovic that space in the box from across because the that header nine times out of ten is, is going in the back of the net particularly when he's on fire as he is again these days um that was a cracking delivery from um from Seri but uh do you remember that other corner that he took over in front of the whole fans <laughs> yeah I, I don't know what that was about no. I don't know what he was trying to do no, he just kicked terrible. it straight to the player. The whole player stood in front of him and just completely balls it up. Good grief. Anyway, I, I thought Seri had a great game and we'll come on to Seri a, a little bit later. But let's we go. Let's just talk a bit, uh, very briefly about Alfie Mawson's performance. It's been a while since we've seen him. How do you think he did? I mean, 
he played well, didn't he? Come on, he put in a good performance. Let's be, the defense weren't really tested either. Let's let's be honest here. You know, taking nothing away from Tosin and Alfie Mawson, they both played brilliantly, but there was no massive test from Hull to be able to sort of trouble them. Um, going forwards, Mawson looked confident carrying the ball. He was using both feet. I think one criticism I'd have is for him to stop passing it with his left foot because it's clearly not there because it you know gave the ball away a couple of times. Um, and it kind of puts you in a little bit of danger, but obviously it didn't really work for Hull. Um, but yeah, he looked confident carrying the ball, wanting to go forward, find a pass. Um, yeah, pretty happy with him, and I would have no problem with him uh, playing against Stoke if Tim Ream's injured. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he looked confident on the ball, which I was quite surprised about. I, I thought he was going to be, you know, just that big defender who hoofs everything, but he looked confident and. He sort of fit, played the way Ream played. I, you know, Matt, you were saying earlier about how um, how Ream was going forward and splitting the splitting the channels and everything. Uh, and I thought Mawson did that quite well as well. Uh, I think the fact he can play on the left does help, even though his left foot might not be that great. But I, I just think he's a left centre back. It, it looks like, um, and yeah, he, he's confident and kept a clean sheet as well. So fair play to him. There was a moment, uh, I think, in the first half where Alfie Mawson bent down to tie his shoelaces and I felt a collective gasp in the crowd. Are we going to lose him for another six months? No, he's managed to complete the task. Thank God for that. So, yeah, that was that was probably his most uh, most hairy moment of the afternoon, to be honest. Um, we've spoken about Kenny Tete going off and how Bobby Reid came on at right back. But how do you think Bobby Reid did? I, I think... He was in the first half, particularly. He was more of a defensive right back, but then in the second half, he got more involved with with the attacking side of it as well. But I don't ever remember us having a more versatile player than Bobby Reed. And we've already spoken about Dennis Adoy and how he can kind of play anywhere across the back. But Bobby Reed can kind of play anywhere across the pitch, can't he? And with that in mind, he's almost indispensable to us. Yeah, I think. It's like Mawson and Bobby, they, they weren't expecting to play as much as they did. And Bobby definitely wasn't expecting to play right back, I, I very much doubt. Um, but, but the fact that he just goes out there, gets a job done. And like you say, in the first half, he was a defensive right back. And I think if he had the choice, he would love to be bombing up the pitch and playing as a winger. But he stayed there. And I remember a couple of times when when they lost the ball or when Fulham lost the ball, he's straight back in defence. He's the first player back. And I think that's they're the players you need, the, the players who will play anywhere for the team and who will do stuff that they don't want to do or that they, they're they not favoured to do. They just do it without even thinking about it, without hesitation. And I thought he was actually pretty good. I don't think he had an amazing game at right back, but it, it was average and that's all you need for a fullback most of the time, isn't it, really? You've got to think of the discipline that playing at right back for Bobby Reid must take because he is a forward player. And last week, he he set up three of those goals at Huddersfield. You know, that, that's kind of his instinct to get in the box uh, and set people up and score goals. But to be the first player back to defend when you're playing right back, that, that takes a real kind of professional attitude to just say, well, you know, the, the team comes first and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to play that role for the team that, that the managers asked me to play. I was really impressed with him um, and I have been uh, all season so far. Uh, Ten minutes before the break. Fabio Carvalho had his third goal of the season. Wigo, talk me through the goal. Well, it was brilliant, wasn't it? It was a great cross from Robinson. And, uh, you know, the Carvalho touch, 
in my I thought he'd just taken it a little bit too far. I thought the keeper was going to come out and claim it. Yeah. But I mean, credit to him. You know, 18 years old to have that composure in front of goal and that you know that drive to get there, get the ball first and get it in the back of the net. I thought it was fantastic, and it was a you know a real credit to Carvalho as well because it showed how hungry he was for that third goal of the season. Um, yeah, Robinson again with a decent cross. He put in a couple of decent crosses yesterday. Um, you know, I've criticised his crossing a lot over the, the last year, but it's uh, it's slowly getting better. And that is one it, was a, a good. Is pick. it a myth? Is it a myth that Anthony Robinson can't cross, or do you just think because he gets a bit more time on the ball at the champ in the Championship, then he can steady himself a bit better and think about what he's doing? Whereas in the Premier League, he's under more pressure and he just kind of swings a boot at it and hopes for the best. What do you think? Do you, there's a there's a good player in Anthony Robinson, and I thought he had a good game yesterday. And he also he also almost got an assist against Millwall actually as well with um, with a, a cross in the second half when uh, Mitrovic kind of hit it on the turn and then Carvalho couldn't quite bury the rebound. So I, I think there's there's a player there for sure. I mean, I get what you say about uh, the championship. He has definitely got more time on the ball. Um, yeah, more time to steady himself, more time to pick out a cross. In the Premier League, it felt like he just sort of swung his boot at it. You know, if there were crowds there last year, the back row would have helmets on. You know, if Robinson was putting a cross in, it was like that. It wasn't great. But, um, yeah, no, I think he's definitely improved. I think the change of managers helped him as well, to be honest. But also, yeah, the drop down in league. Because when he was at Wigan, he was a quality championship fullback. And I think maybe that Premier League step for him was just a little bit early. So another year in the championship with a top team as well will do him a lot of good. And I think by the end of the season, the guy will rarely put a cross out of play. So watch this space, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with Wigo. I think also the change, the change of manager, I think has helped massively because with the Prem, I think we were crossing from much uh, deeper, like further back. And I think now what I've noticed under Silva, it, we're literally taking it right to the edge of the pitch and then every pass is passing it back into the box or dinking it back into the box rather than crossing it in from deep. That There's so much on literally the byline. It's, it's great, I, I think. And yeah, I, I thought Robinson was actually really, really good yesterday. I think he could have could be one of the man of the matches. That I mean, there's so many we could choose from, but I, I thought he was really good. Uh, best performance of the season from him, definitely. Maybe even the best in the Fulham shirt. Oh, I thought he was really good. Great stuff, mate. Great stuff. Well, let's talk about Hull's defending. <laughs> it was pretty dreadful throughout the game. We rarely got out of second gear, but caused them all sorts of problems. One moment that really sticks out to me was when Tosin wasn't close down, about 35 yards out. He was kind of thinking, hmm, what am I going to do with this? Do I ping it into the box? Then he just got his head down and put his foot through it. Such a powerful drive at the goal, and it was turned around the post by the keeper. I really feel like Tosin's going to score this season. What do you reckon, lads? I think he's looked good so far as well, defensively, by the way. Yeah, I think he has looked quite good and I really hope he scores for, for his sake because I was quite surprised he didn't score in the Prem last season, really. I mean, given his height, mm. um, he seemed to win so many headers from corners, but none of them just went in. I think he will score this season. He looks he looks good. He looks really comfortable on the ball. You know, again, it's the same thing with the centre-backs, with Ream and, and like I said earlier, with how Mawson did it. They They just carry the ball so far forward. Like you say, for Mawson to get into that space and even be able to get the shot off, I mean, credit to him. He, you know, a lot of centre-backs would have just like, pinged it or, or just played it short to one of the midfielders. 
the the fact that defenders are so comfortable on the ball only helps us really. And I thought I think Tosin will get that goal. Yeah, I think you know there's a clear difference between the defense. You know, you can see how how good the Fulham defense is. You know, all right, some potential pages and people have been saying how much we've spent on players and stuff, but. You know, the quality is there. We've got a great defence and you can just see the gulf between, you know, the top half, the top of the championship and the bottom. And Hull are definitely down in the bottom sort of echelon of uh, the championship. They're they're not a very good side, are they? Let's be honest. It was kind of uh, a bit easy to get through them, to get on the overlap, get the crosses in. You know, Mitrovic to find plenty of space. It was just, there was no real challenge put up. So I really think Hull have got to sort themselves out at the back if they even want to think about staying up this season. All right, they won four one on the first game, but that was against who was it? Preston. Yeah. I mean, you know, Preston they're, have deep trouble as well. They're, they're, they're a deep trouble. trouble. There's a lot of teams in trouble this year. They all need to sort their defence out, but you know, lucky for them, there's a week of the transfer window to go. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, Mitro should have wrapped the points up for us with a header that he's put wide on 55 minutes. It, it was a pretty bad miss where, you know, he's he's just missed a target with a free header. But I really see him maybe even breaking his, his record of 26 goals from last time. I just feel like in this team where there's so many chances, constantly, if he stays fit and behaves himself, doesn't get any suspensions uh, or keeps the suspensions down to a minimum, let's say, then I, I think we could see him getting 30 goals. What do you reckon, boys? Yeah, definitely. I hope, I really hope he breaks Tony's record, to be honest. I imagine just the season after, yeah, that, that'll shut him up. And um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think just the, the how much more creative sil- this silver side is, mm. I can't see why he wouldn't score more goals than under Parker's football. I mean, look, we were good in the championship under Parker, we were, but the only player scoring goals was Mitrovic. Now we've got the midfield driving forwards and we've still got Mitrovic scoring goals. I think Mitro can easily, easily get up to 30, to be honest. If he stays fit, I see no reason why he can't score 30 goals. He had another chance yesterday that I can remember in the first half where Caviero did really well and burst down the right. And I think Mitrovic just took too long and ended up getting crowded out. And was it against Millwall where he had a good chance? Um, maybe it was against Huddersfield. I can't remember, but where where you know if he'd have just taken it first time, he could have he could have buried it. But he he kind of backheeled it and tried to set somebody else up. But you know it's it's good to see him trying to uh, trying to bring other players into play and you know try and try not to be so selfish. But I think one of the key things to Mitrovic's game in the penalty area is being selfish, and he, he can't half hit that ball hard with with minimal backlift as well so I, I, I think he should you know he should trust in his instincts a bit more and, and go for goal a bit more how many goals we go what do you reckon 30 40 50 I mean 30 is probably more of a realistic shout <laughs> let's be honest like you know 40 would be great 40 and 46 yeah as Will says beat you know let's get him to try and beat Tony shut that Brentford lot up you know he's down for them up and all that um but it would yeah I think 30 would be a decent shout. The guy, you know, Mitrovic looks happy this season. He looks like he's enjoying his football. Obviously, he was sat on the bench a lot last season. I, was, I think we've spoken about in previous pods about the relationship with, you know, the Bournemouth manager. Don't know what his name is. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he just looks happier. And, you know, Silva clearly relies on Mitrovic to not just get the goals, but to hold up the play because we've got, we've got pace. 
You know, the wingers are quick. Carvalho in in attacking midfield is quick. Onoma can strike a ball. And I'm, I, we know Seri can hit, you know, can hit a ball like that goal against Burnley a couple of years ago. He's got so many options around him, not just to be able to try and score himself, but to be able to try and lay it off to set up one of the other players. I mean, this is a perfect team for Mitrovic to be playing in because there are chances everywhere. And 30 goals would not be a bad return at all. Good stuff. Well, Anguissa replaced Fabio with 20 minutes to go. Um, the aforementioned Fabio injury uh, to his ankle. And we got to see his trademark surging runs forward. Uh, almost got us a third goal, but we were a little wasteful in the penalty area. Had we not already scored the two first half goals, then I'm in no doubt we would have been more ruthless in the penalty area. Will I just feel like we took our foot off the off the gas a little bit? And if we if we needed if we needed to score, then then we definitely would have done. Yeah, I, I thought that when uh, Anguissa had it in the box, it was a bit similar to to the Mitrovic one, like you're saying, it's just taking a bit too long and overthinking it sort of. Sometimes, you know, like you say, you just need to hit it. Um, he looked a bit scared to shoot, I think, though, Anguissa, because, I don't know, I feel like he I feel like he will leave by the end. I know there's only a week left, to be fair, but mm. the fact that he's not starting games, I know Seri and Onoma have been excellent, but if you had the choice to start Anguissa, I think you would straight away, but if he's pushing for a move away, obviously you don't want to whack him in the starting eleven. Um, and we we did have the ball a lot in the box, I thought, against Hull yesterday. I, I think, obviously, with the stats, you see how many shots teams have. And I, I think oh, we did still have a lot of shots. But I think if you look at touches in opposition box, it must be ridiculous. Because the amount of times we were just cutting it back, cutting it back, cutting it back. And it was getting, you know, intercepted a lot. That's what I was saying. Sometimes you just need to hit it. But it's just like getting the final pass or just actually having a shot. I think that's a tiny bit we need to work on. But like you say, when you're already 2-0 up, if you're just messing up the final shot you know, a couple of times, it's not the end of the world. But yeah, if that was nil-nil and we're messing around with it in the box, it, it would have been fuming, but it doesn't matter. There will be games like that where it's nil-nil and we probably get frustrated where we're trying to trying to find a goal and and miss a few chances. Um, I, I think you might be right about Anguissa departing before the end of the month. And I, I, I don't think I'm really sticking my, my neck on the block by saying that. But what I will say as well is that we still got Harrison Reed to come back, who is uh, that kind of type of player anyway. You know, maybe not that type of player, but a, a defensive midfielder who would have been one of the first names on the team sheet up until recently when we've had the resurgence of form from Onoma and Seri. So we, we have got strength and depth in that area. So whether Anguissa will want to stay and fight for his place in a championship side when there might be more attractive offers on the table, I don't know whether there will be or not. Who knows? Um, but we'll have to wait and see. We've, we've got a week or so left, haven't we, until the transfer, uh, transfer deadline. One thing we don't know about this team yet is how they will react if we ever go behind, because we haven't been behind in the four games so far this season yet. But I think I don't think we've seen any reason to suggest why it wouldn't be positive and why it would make any difference. To be honest, I think we'd still stick to the game plan, and I don't I don't see this being a team of characters where if if things did start to go wrong, heads would drop. I think I think they they seem quite tight knit. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think as long as we stick to the game plan, we'll be all right. I mean, clearly, whatever Marco Silva's doing is working. So, 
we'll see at some point when when we do end up going going one down. Um, but yeah, I think stick to the game plan. That's all you got to do. I think as long as we don't get frustrated and and start doing stupid stuff, we'll be absolutely fine. I think the mentality looks absolutely amazing so far this season. You know, we've seen that picture with uh, Seri jumping on on Mitro, and, and yeah. they both just look so happy. Uh, that is an absolutely great photo, and I just think yeah. mentality is so important. I don't want to sound like Scott Parker here, but it is. And uh, yeah, I think we'll be fine. Wigo, let's just talk Jean-Michel Seri. His name was sung throughout the game and he seemed to enjoy the reception he was getting when he came over to take corners in front of the Hammersmith end. He's got to be staying, hasn't he? I mean, I hope so. I I, I was definitely saying throughout pre-season in the WhatsApp group about Seri and how he's going to have a great season. I do remember getting ridiculed by a lot of people in that chat, you yeah. know. But lo and behold, I was right. For now, anyway, he's had a he's had a good few games, hasn't he, since he's come in? I reckon he will stay. If you know, he's clearly crucial to Silver, and the conversation's definitely been had there to say you're a big part of my plans this year. And when Harrison Reed comes back, does Seri do Seri and Reed can they play together? I mean, I think so. You know, in my opinion, they're kind of a bit similar. Onuma's a bit bigger, isn't he? Bigger stature bit more power and uh, strength about him. So it'll be interesting to see how Seri works with Reed. Um, but the guy's been unbelievable. He's crucial this season. We've got we've got to keep him and we've got to keep him fit as well. I think he can play unbelievable passes. He's always looking to get the ball out to the wings as well to find the space. The only criticism I have of Seri is that he gets caught on the ball. A couple of t- his awareness just isn't quite there yet. It happened, I think, at Huddersfield and at Millwall as well. There's a man on, you know, maybe he's not getting the shout, but uh, he's been caught on the ball a few times. But that's the only criticism I've had, I've had of him. Other than that, you know, quality and, you know, brilliant from Silver to be able to get the guy back in and wanting to play football and enjoying his football as well. And that's the thing. So many players, including him, are, are playing football with smiles on their faces again. Um, and it's really great to see. Just before we wrap up uh, the the whole game, I did feel that the referee spoke the game as a spectacle by insisting on unnecessarily stopping things, in my opinion, and just interrupting the flow of the game. It was a bit too stop-start for me. And that was one thing that the referees did really well in Euro 2020, for example. Just remembering that we're not here to see the referee and that we're here to watch a good game of football. Um, and I felt this guy, I don't know what his name was, I, I don't care to look it up, but I, I just felt like, I, I don't care that he gave decisions against us or whatever, anything like that when maybe maybe he shouldn't have done. I just felt like he sport the game a little bit by by being having his whistle in his mouth a bit too often. Yeah, I, I mean, the one thing I didn't miss about the Championship was the level of officiating, to be honest. I mean, not much better in the Prem, but is really poor in the championship. I also think, like you say, it's not just about the decisions going for and against us. I remember there were so many late calls. Like, if someone was going down after a tackle, he would wait a few seconds, see that the player's down, then blow for a foul. Like, if you're going to blow for a foul, just do it or don't. Don't just change your mind, like, five seconds later. But, yeah, I mean, again, if it costs you the game or costs you any points, you're absolutely fuming after that. But, 
I mean, lucky we're just too dominant, so who cares? He, he did that with Anthony Robinson, didn't he? I think there was a foul and the game went on and there was even another phase of play before he brought it back because one of their players was was down um, and then went back and booked Robinson. So it was a bizarre decision. Anyway, let's let's not get on at referees. Um, something feels special and different by the river at the moment, doesn't it, Wigo? It's just a buzz about the place. Yeah, I think it's because we're top of the league, isn't it, as well? It does help. Unbeaten start, you know, three wins in a row. It it feels good. I'm getting just great vibes, as I said, about players. You know, you said players playing with smiles on their faces, enjoying football. We're scoring goals. We're attacking. It's so refreshing to see. We haven't had it in a couple of years. You know, we've just seen defensive football. So, it feels really good. And it feels like, you know... We are we're the big boys of this league, and everyone's going to fear playing us. We're like we're like the Man City of the Championship, basically. You know, everyone fears playing us. I don't want to go to Fulham. You know, it's going to be a hard away day. But um, no, it feels great, and it's lucky we built that pier because you know HMS Piss the League is going to stop and go straight <laughs> to the Premier League. So uh, yeah, oh dear. Really any, good. any opposition fans listening to this are going to be absolutely seething with the arrogance, but I absolutely love it. Uh, let's come on to a man of the match then. Uh, Will, who was your man of the match for this one? So, first of all, I think like I just well done to Mawson and Bobby for like filling in. But I think I've got to go for Seri. He assisted Mitrovic's header. He controlled the midfield, and I think when he has the ball at his feet, he's a bit of an entertainer. Um, um you know, we love that. And he's just—he seems like he hasn't even hit a hundred percent yet. He seems like second gear everyone seems to be in second gear when we need to start pushing even further I think Seri can be even better than he was I thought he was excellent yesterday absolutely excellent yeah I'd agree with you it's very difficult to to counter that argument I'm I'm going to go with Anthony Robinson um, and I, I feel like he's one of these players who had a bit of a rough ride last season in in the Premier League and he's got Fulham fans breathing down his neck because everyone wants fans' favourite Joe Bryan to be in the team. But I do feel like he's playing well and, and he's he's getting the ball into important areas in the box and he's delivering good balls as well. And he's he's exciting to watch on, on that overlap and getting forward and heading to the byline. So I, I thought he had a very good game. You said earlier, Will, you thought it was his best game for the club potentially. And I, again, I find, that, find it difficult to disagree with you. So it's Anthony Robinson for me. How about you, Wigo? Um, well, as Will said, special mention to Bobby Reid and Alfie Mawson. Bobby Reid especially for filling in in an unnatural position. Um, but I'm going to go for the big man up top. Mitro, you know, Mitro's on fire. The confidence is there and the header, you know, a brilliant, brilliant header. He's finding the positions and as I said to you earlier, he's holding up the play. He's getting in the box. You know, the only thing is just have a go, you know. Like a couple of times he was a bit sort of slow on the ball to get a shot off. But um, fantastic again. And, you know, the best person we could hope for to have up front in a championship season. So, uh, yeah, Alexander Mitrovic for me. Good stuff. Three three different names. I like it. All right, let's really quickly turn our attention to Tuesday night and this cup game at Birmingham then. Lee Bowyer's Birmingham. Complete change of lineup expected. I think I read that Marco Silva said he's going to rotate the squad and give some players a rest. Um, but maybe with a, a couple of the big hitters on the bench. Anybody you'd like to see come in, chaps? Um, probably Cyrus Christie, if he's not going to play next Saturday. I'd quite like to see Hector as well, by the way, who people seem to forget about. 
you know, big Michael Hector at the back, who wouldn't mind at centre-back, by the way, he, you know, if Reem is uh, out injured. So I'd like to see the guys who don't really get near the squad. And if they are going to be going, put themselves in the shop window a bit, put on a quality performance on Tuesday and, uh, you know, get the clubs interested. And, uh, yeah, it might be sayonara. But, um, yeah, just get some of the some of the reserves in, I reckon. Yeah, I, I think Hector's a good shout. Um, I'd also like to see Stansfield, maybe. He was on the bench, has mm. been for the last two games, I think. And Joe Bryan. Uh, I think I'd also like to see a doy. Uh, I, I guess also depending on who play, if he ends up playing on the weekend, maybe not. But I would like to see a doy at some point. And if Harrison Reed, <clears throat> depending on how Harrison Reed is feeling, maybe Harrison Reed just fifteen twenty minutes, get a bit of match fitness, ready for the league games against Stoke, and also Rodak in goal as well. Yeah, that, there was a moment um, at the end of the game. I wasn't really sure what happened uh, against Hull, but. We were in no danger and then Gazaniga came to grab the ball and it somehow became loose. And I thought we'd been given a foul, but then it didn't It didn't look like we had. Um, uh, Gazaniga kept hold of it. There's still a question mark over him for me. And I, I saw an interview in the week that our former keeper, Mark Crossley, did where he said that Gazaniga is one of the best keepers in the division. But I don't know. I mean, he hasn't had much to do, has he, in, in any of the four games so far? Yeah, I think the only thing is for me, I, I feel like, He's probably better with his feet than Rodak. He, you know, he's quite comfortable having the ball passed back to him and playing out the back. I, I wonder if maybe, I mean, Rodak was all right at that under Parker, but maybe that's why Silva prefers him. I do think Rodak is by far the better shot stopper, to be honest. But I mean, maybe Gaza will eventually make some unreal saves and we'll be looking back on this like idiots. Yeah, happens all the time, doesn't it? Yeah. All right, that's, well, the Tiger who came for a point and didn't get it. That's our pod title this week. And to anybody who didn't get the reference, it's in reference to the late, great Sean Locke who passed away this week. Uh, we were chatting about it in our team chat this week. And there's a lot of the lads in the team chat who are big fans of Sean Locke. So um, it was an ideal opportunity to just pay a little tribute to somebody who, who we really love, who um, who sadly uh, lost his battle with cancer this week. So just wanted to just wanted to say that. Will and Wigo, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening at home as always. And please do remember to tell all your friends about us if you enjoy listening to the show. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify and wherever else you may care to get your podcasts from. You can also find us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Fulham underscore focus. And on Instagram, we're just Fulham focus. We also have a website, which is fulhamfocus.com. And you'll find plenty of great content at all the aforementioned places in addition to the podcast. We'll be back on Thursday morning to briefly look back at Tuesday night's Carabao Cup match at Birmingham and ahead to our next championship match at home for Stoke City next bank holiday weekend. Until then, have a great week and come on you whites. Cheers. Fulham.